He's a really cool guy, and uh, he's here to talk to us today about extreme couponing. I've had a couple people on about this subject. It's not something I'm hugely uh, active with myself. If we get a coupon for something we buy, we do it. Uh, but I know it's something a lot of members of the audience are really interested in, and those that really take the time to organize with it do save a lot of money. Uh, in Corey's case, they save close to uh, $1,000 bucks a month, I think is what he said during the interview. Anyway, you'll hear that in just a minute. Before we do that, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day number one today, the Berkey Guy. That's Jeff the Berkey Guy Gleason. What are you going to get from the Berkey Guy? Well, it might be a complete shock and somewhere out of left field to hear that the Berkey Guy has Berkey water filtration systems. And so that's a great water filtration system. It really is. It looks great. It's, it's very, very cost effective. It does a great job. Uh, it has options of just doing general filtering. If you want to add additional filters to do fluoride removal and all, it does that. Uh, arsenic removal as well. So, you know, I mean, but everybody already knows if you're in the market for a water filtration system, you got to check out Berkey and consider Berkey. It's probably one of the best options there is. But why go to the Berkey guy? Well, he's the, he's the Berkey guy. Who are you going to go to, the non-Berkey guy, to get your Berkey water filter system? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. In all seriousness, the reason to go to the Berkey guy is because he's been taking care of this audience for over three years, and he always takes care of anything that ever goes wrong and does everything he can to make sure that you guys are satisfied. He works 24-7-365. I even had him in an expert panel discussion in uh, Hickory, North Carolina, and he was on his iPad answering customer questions while he was doing the panel. That's how dedicated the guy was. I wanted to kick him in the butt for it, but hey, you cannot fault that kind of dedication. Check him out today at Directive21.com. When you want your Berkey, don't go to the non-Berkey guy. Go to the Berkey guy, Mr. Jeff Gleason. Next up today, ShelfReliance.com. Notice I said Shelf Reliance. This is like a shelf on which you put things versus yourself, which is you, yourself, and you. Now, what's up with the clever name? ShelfReliance.com has innovative food storage solutions that allow you to easily eat what you store and store with you what you eat and constantly rotate your canned food supplies. Check them out today at ShelfReliance.com. While you're there, make sure you also check into their long-term food storage options. This is the Thrive brand of long-term food storage. The most diverse selection of long-term food storage I've found anywhere. I mean, you can think of it, they've got it in a can that'll store for 20 years. The best tasting long-term food storage options I've ever seen. Really great stuff, really affordable, great pricing, and they don't seem to end up in many, uh, as many of the, you know, we're out for right now things as some of the other companies do. They do a good job of keeping things in stock and shipping quickly. Check them out today, shelfreliance.com. Next up, uh, check out tspcopper.com. You do that, and you will find some really cool copper medallions there. I'll leave it at that. I want to give you a special announcement today, too. Uh, Glenn Tate was on the show twice. Uh, about his new book series, 299 Days. 
We are giving away uh, a two set a, a set of autographed copies to 20 people. Each winner gets the first two books hand signed by myself and Glenn. Somebody actually a couple of people actually well, why would I buy because we you know we had a thing and the contest is over. I just want to let you know Glenn will be announcing the winners uh, and getting in touch with the winners today on the 31st. But somebody asked me why would I do that? Why would I why would I buy the books to win more copies of the books? You know why would I why would I buy the books to win the same books? And it's like. These are a collector's edition. They're they're autographed and hand hand autographed and hand numbered by me. Uh, one of one one of twenty, two of twenty, three of twenty in a set like that. Also autographed by the author. Uh, so they are designed to be something to be put away. I only bring that up because we might do this again with uh, editions three and four of the series. With of course, there's twelve uh, books in the entire series. So. Uh, Just wanted to point that out, that those, uh, those winners will find out today if they've won. Last but not least, do consider joining the Member Support Brigade. You do that, you get exclusive content available only to members, and you help support the show at 18.3 cents an episode. I'll leave it at that today, because I want to talk to you about uh, a couple different things before I bring our guest on. One, I'm bringing our guest on to talk about saving money, and I've been kicking around the idea of doing a show on overlooked preps. We've done some of those before, but it's been a long time, and there's probably plenty of other things that could go into a list. So I'd like your ideas for things that people fail to put in their preps, You can do that just simply by, you know, making a comment today in today's show notes uh, or sending me an email to jack at the survivalpodcast.com. If you do that for this, put um, underrated prep in the, uh, in the subject line. That'll make sure that I put it into a box where I can sort through for a future show. But I wanted to talk to you about one uh, that I in particular have kind of backfilled for myself, and I'm going to continue to backfill it a little bit further. And it also fits with our guest today because it's on saving money. So if you've seen any of my videos or pictures of me, you've probably noticed that I wear glasses. And glasses are expensive, uh, and glasses are easily broken. If you put them in a chair and forget they're there and sit on them, you do them uh, damage, possibly irreparable, or damage where they're not comfortable to wear, or maybe scratch the lenses and things like that. So glasses are something that those of us who wear glasses really need to, to function at our highest level, and yet they're something that are easily damaged. So having additional glasses is a great idea, but they're expensive. I have heard of a company for a long time called Zini Optical. I will put a link in today's show notes. Um, I've always been skeptical about them. Uh, I got my prescription, and I went on the site, and I ordered them. Uh, the only downside is it took like two and a half, three weeks for me to get my glasses, but I ordered three pairs of wireframe glasses where they're like the half frame on top, Uh, one really good pair, the, the type I wear all the time with the lenses, the, you know, the transitions lenses, the anti-scratch, the anti-smudge, you know, basically full loaded glasses. And I ordered two other, or actually two more glasses, two more sets with a slightly less expensive frame and the stock lenses. They were like 12 bucks a pair. The total price for all three pairs was about a hundred bucks. Um, when I bought my glasses from my obstetrician, which are probably not as nice as the really nice set I bought from Zini, uh, it was over two, it was close to $300. Uh, now I got them in a couple days, but, uh, I saved an awful lot of money here. And the glasses that were the cheap ones, the $12 sets, are damn nice glasses. So I'm going to order two more sets. I'm going to keep a couple sets at home extra, and I'm going to order some sets so that in every glove box of every vehicle, which, you know, if I have to drive a vehicle and there's something wrong or missing or lost, would be one of the times I most need my glasses. I'm going to have a set in every car. And at 12 bucks a set, and we have three vehicles, 
you know, we're talking about $36 uh, to make sure that I have this redundancy built in. And I think for those of you that wear glasses, this is a prep that's often overlooked. And I'll tell you who I think the worst offenders are. Um, due to the way that my, the problems that I have with my eyes, contact lenses are really not a great option for me. So I don't wear contacts. A lot of people do. And I think it's a lot of times it's the people that wear contacts that tend to have um, the, the don't have glasses. And I think that's a mistake because there's times where you might need glasses. You could injure an eye where putting your lenses in could be a problem. Uh, and there's times where I think that it's just, you know, glasses are a better option. So I would make sure that if you use visual correction of any kind, uh, you add extra glasses. And at the price these guys sell stuff at, uh, man, I, I cannot be happy enough with them. So I wanted to share that with you guys today. The other thing I wanted to talk about before I brought Corey on is what's going on in the Northeast right now. I think it's the number is like 8 million people without power. And I want you to know I've heard from at least several dozen people uh, in the audience that are in these effective areas going, yeah, we got power. We got an inverter. We got a generator. We got this. We got that. And it's all from listening to TSP. And and, and that's great. And it, it's good to hear that. And the reason I bring it up isn't like, oh, look what we did. you know. And, and, and Steve Harris gets a lot of credit for that because we did a lot of shows on this in, in the past couple months. Um, I bring it up because I want to drive home the point that Not just a generator show, not just a backup show, not just a show like today on saving money, not just a show on permaculture or gardening or food preserving. All These things that we're trying to restore to America from a skill set point and from a knowledge point and just from a, you know, a, a uh, what's the word I'm really looking for? Not just knowledge, but awareness point. The fact that they even exist. Um, this stuff works. It actually, you know, it, it changes lives and it supports lives and it helps people get through some pretty tough times. And, you know, just, you know, knowing that a lot of the audience members that maybe have a deep freezer full of, you know, a thousand dollars worth of meat possibly won't lose that money and won't lose that reserve of food during this period of time uh, is, is a great thing to know. Uh, it makes me feel really good about what we do here as a community. And I think that we should really be proud of that and we should work to improve uh, that reach. I also think at this point, as I said yesterday, if you're in the area and you can help anybody, help somebody. I think if everybody out there that lives in the affected area that's relatively okay, just picks one person or one family to help out, uh, we'll clean this up and get through this a lot quicker. There's places where, I mean, we're going to need you know heavy equipment to move in and utility workers and houses to be rebuilt and insurance companies to come and pay their pay their due because this is why people have insurance and stuff like that. But there's a lot of places where people are just going to need help for a couple days. And, and I think it's really important that we look uh, to help out. And I think it's important for all of us around the country to look where we can help out. And if we can't go there and do something, in many cases, we, we don't really need to be doing that unless, you know, there's a place for us to go and a thing for us to do specifically that we can help out financially. I'm not sure who to do that through. Uh, frankly, due to what happened in Haiti, uh, I have lost all faith, 100% all faith in donating money to the Red Cross. I will never give the Red Cross a dime for the rest of my life due to what I know they did with hundreds of millions of dollars that were collected under the banner of helping out the, the, the people during the Haitian earthquake. And I know for a fact on the ground in Haiti, they didn't really do jack shit. 
So it's not them. And hopefully somebody that works for the Red Cross or knows somebody that works for the Red Cross and maybe a higher level will tell them that today, that 50,000 people just heard that, and maybe it's time for you guys to clean up your rep by doing what you say you do with the money that you collect under a specific drive. So it will not be them. Um, if anybody has a suggestion... Uh, for groups that are going to help, or if anybody's, you know, like Brandon Shelton really, you know, did a lot down in Haiti. If someone's got a nonprofit that's going to be boots on the ground there and would like to support the Survival Podcast, uh, I'm going to check you out. I'm going to make sure that you're not full of crap, uh, but I would love to support you and whatever work you can do to, to help those folks out up there. And I'm not sure exactly. I think we're still at a point now where we're not sure yet what needs to be done. But please don't overlook you know, the needs of your fellow Americans in a, in a time like this. And please see if there's anything that you can do. And one thing we can do, and it might self, self-serving, but I, I really believe this, is to continue to spread the message of the Survival Podcast and individual and family preparedness. Because the more prepared people are, the better we can get through these things. And this is a perfect example of what I'm saying here. Being prepared isn't just about you being prepared, but the more people that are prepared, the more people are able to stand and help those who are in a time of need, like right now, there's a lot of people without housing. I mean, flat out, if your house burns down or it's flooded, you don't have housing. And uh, there's, there's a lot of neighborhoods where this happened where it's two or three streets over, um, the houses are relatively fine. And uh, neighbors housing other neighbors in a time like this, you know, that's, that's how this country used to people would say, how did, how, did, how did people deal with all this before FEMA and the federal government got involved? We took care of each other. So look to see where we can take care of each other again. That shows what, you know, not just being an American, but frankly being a human, what it's really supposed to be all about. We've lost a lot of that. I uh, just wanted to kind of put that out there today. Now that I've got that done, let's go ahead and introduce our special guest. Uh, my special guest today is Corey P.A. If you saw his uh, name in the uh, the uh, the title of the episode, you might have thought it was Pi. I know I did. I didn't notice the little, uh, little asterisk there, whatever you call it, the uh, little uh, parenthesis apostrophe in the name. So I guess it's French, but Corey P.A. Uh, he's a pretty cool guy, 36-year-old husband and father of four elementary school kids. Uh, lives and works in Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, he's uh, you know involved with extreme couponing. Which again, I thought was cool that we get a a man's take on this. Now he and his his wife do this together. She wasn't real keen on coming on a radio show, uh, so Corey is elected to come on, and he's going to talk to us about that subject today. And once we get done with that, we're going to talk a little bit about the fact he's also an author of uh, some children's books, and he's actually going to be giving away his first children's book in PDF format free to uh, to all members of the audience. So those of you that are parents of kiddos out there that maybe want something cool to read to them, you get a free book today. And with that, hey, Corey, man, welcome to the Survival Podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. I've been a uh, listener for about a year now and uh, excited. And hopefully I can uh, add something to the show today that uh, most people haven't heard too much about. Well, cool. I'm, I'm glad to have you with us. We have you on to talk to us about uh, extreme couponing, which is kind of cool because I've had people on before, but I think the other two people I've had on the subject were uh, were women, so you can give us a, a, ma- a man's perspective on this, which I think would be cool as well. But could you just start out with telling people a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of your background and how you got into this in the first place? Sure. Uh, name's Corey Pia. I am in, in Fort Collins, Colorado. I'm an electrical engineer. Got a wife and four kids, 
And uh, let's see, how do we get started in this? We had a uh, cat about a year ago who got really sick and um, couldn't figure out what was wrong with the cat. And we had to decide if we were going to spend a decent amount of money, a couple thousand dollars in uh, uh, tests and treatment to try and help uh, this cat. And it was going to cut into our savings plan. So we kind of uh, sat back and decided that we were going to go ahead with uh, trying to do everything we could to uh, help our uh cute little kitty and uh, we were going to figure out ways to cut back elsewhere so that we could still have um, so it wouldn't cut into our savings plan so uh, uh, unfortunately we did a lot of tests did a lot of medicine and the cat ended up dying uh, anyway and um, that was tough and uh, we were trying to figure out you know how are we going to figure out you know eat out less and, and all the standard things that you look at for saving money and we saw a tv show on extreme couponing where uh, they had these ladies uh, competing against each other to see who could save the most money at the grocery store. And I think one of them saved 99% of her bill and the other one saved, you know, like 100% of her bill. And it um, seemed kind of crazy that you could save that much. So we figured, well, we'll give this a shot. Maybe we can take 20% off of our uh, grocery bills and um, start to make a dent in uh, these uh, veterinary expenses that we had. So we started looking into it, uh, got into, found some websites out there that were uh, really useful and found that um, we really could save a ton of money. And and it also ended up leading towards uh, a lot of prepping uh, for our family. That's how it got started. So, you know, you used a word there, extreme couponing and, you know, being a little bit devil's advocate, I'm always skeptical when I see these shows on TV where these people save all this money. Um, what is the big difference, though, between – because, like, you know, my wife and I, if we see a coupon for something we're going to buy, we'll clip it or use it or if it's on the Kroger card or whatever. But, you know, getting deeply into it, we've never done. What? So where's, where's kind of the, the demarcation point? Yeah, I think uh, the difference between uh, just regular couponing and extreme couponing is when you're trying to uh, add multiple things together uh, at the same time. So, like, uh, you might look for a really good sale on uh, items at the grocery store and buy them when they're on sale, or you might find a really good coupon and use it when you want to buy the item. Uh, If you're an extreme couponer, you're more likely to, if you see a coupon for something that you might want, you'll uh, keep it and hold on to it until there's a really good sale or until there's a rebate program that starts up with the the company or maybe you'll um you know save it for to combine it with other deals so you can often find that if if the store's having a huge sale for something to where it only costs a dollar and you have a coupon for 50 cents off and the store doubles coupons then you end up getting that for free so if you've been saving 50 cent coupons and you've got a stack of them then when that sale comes up you know you might be able to get 20 or 30 of them for free when we tried doing this a little bit, the thing that we always ran into was limit one or different things like that or cannot be combined with other offers. So is it just a matter of, you know, looking for the better deals and, and waiting till you find it? Or are more and more companies doing that or stores doing that to combat this kind of like uh, like this, this this movement toward the extreme couponing thing? Yeah, well, one thing to keep in mind is that if you're using a manufacturer coupon, uh, that doesn't hurt the store. They still get the money for the uh, coupon. So they don't really have uh, 
uh, too strong of an incentive to to not let you use that coupon. Now, when they double coupons, that the second one is on them. So uh, they do. Uh, some stores do have limits, and um, if you call uh, stores that are near you and just ask them what their policies are on coupons, they'll usually tell you. We've got one store that says, you know, we only want you to use five of the same coupon on the same day. So uh, you know, if you go in. A couple times during the week, you can use five of the, five of that coupon each time you go in, or something like that. Um, and also, the websites stack the deals will tend to know which ones can uh, which deals can stack together. So um, you know, if you have a store coupon, for instance, a, a coupon from Target uh, um, for an item and a manufacturer coupon for the same item, Target will let you use both, and that's their company wide policy. Um, so sometimes you can get things for free at um, Target just because you have both of those coupons. Um, but yeah, sometimes you'll run into somebody who's kind of a, a makes up their own policy on the fly. Um, you could argue with them. I tend to just say okay and come back the next day, and somebody else who actually knows normal policy, you know, but you do. Because it might just be do. It doesn't want to deal with it, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't like to fight with people. Uh, over things, I'm just somewhat passive about that. So, you know, if, if somebody's like, oh, you can't do this, you can't merge this or that, and I happen to know the company's coupon policy, I know that I can, but, you know, it's not worth the fight, so I'll just come back some other day. Very cool. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, you know, this is a survival podcast, so could you maybe talk to folks a little bit about how this extreme couponing can help improve your personal preparedness and your family preparedness? Sure. Um, so one thing we figured out pretty quickly is if you want to get the best deals, they're kind of few and far between. So, uh, you know, if you want to get, say, toothpaste for free, that'll happen every couple months. So when it happens, you're not going to buy one bottle of toothpaste or else you'll be paying full price, you know, the next time when you run out, especially if you have six people in your family. So we tend to look at, okay, um, when there's a good sale, can we get our stockpile up to a year supply of this? You know, we've got over a year supply of shampoo at this point. Um, we've got, you know, you, you get a year supply basically of anything you can, because that's about when a lot of these things, especially food items, will tend to expire about a year after you buy them. Um, so that, that's sort of where we got to. Um, my wife wasn't as big on trying to store up a lot of extra food storage until we got into uh, extreme couponing. And I think, you know, that's it's a lot more fun to stock up on stuff when you get it for nearly free. Um, then you can get a nice pile of it going. And uh, then it becomes a, more of an organizational issue. You know, how do you store all this stuff? So, uh, yeah. Makes a lot uh, of sense. Did you, do you think that, like, so once you start doing this, do you end up, like, going, well, since we're stockpiling all this stuff anyway, maybe there's certain items that we don't really get a lot of coupon advantage from, but then you start like just making that part of your, your, your stock just because it's like an organizational thing. So not only does it save you money, it also maybe incentivizes or the money you've saved on item A, even though you don't get a coupon for item B, allows the purchase of item B. Yeah, that'll tend to happen, um, especially if you get deals with the money makers. That's basically where the total amount of your deal exceeds the value of the item, so they're effectively paying you to take the item. 
Um, so uh, sometimes we'll get those deals and we'll end up with, say, like a $5 coupon that we didn't pay anything for. And then you can go back to the store and just it's like a, a fun shopping spree to just grab something that you want that you might normally not want to splurge on. Like, like playing with the house's money at the casino once you've won. You know, right. you take the profit and put it away and the original money back. And you can you, then if you lose on the roulette wheel, you don't really care because you're, you're just having free drinks on the casino, so to speak. Exactly. And even though I'm not a gambler, I, uh, that's kind of the analogy that that, uh, that makes me think. So, how much money can you can you really save? I mean, it, it like because when I do watch these shows, I, I get the impression that there's been some special allowances made by the stores or something like that. So, are those savings reasonable? Have you managed to make the kind of savings that we see in some of these shows where the people buy like nine hundred bucks and they walk out the door for twenty eight dollars? Uh, and if it's only like certain really good deals, what are some examples of, of, of some really good deals? Sure. Um, so in my family, so we've got six people. So the, the bigger the family you have, the more you're going to be able to save because the more stuff you need to buy uh, in general. Um, we looked at our bills over the past uh, many months that we've been doing this, and we probably save about one to $2,000 per month. Um, I would say the TV shows are – Probably a little fake in that you wouldn't buy that much stuff all at one store and get that kind of a deal. Uh, another thing, the, the show that we watched, you know, they were donating all the stuff that they got to charity. So they didn't actually care what stuff they got because they were donating it anyway. So it may not be products that they normally use. Whereas, you know, when you're doing it for yourself to keep the stuff, you're going to want products that you would actually use. Um, so I would say that part of it is unrealistic. Um, another thing that, that factors into how much money you can save is uh, are you willing to stockpile? Because if, if not, then you're only going to get one or two of a really good deal instead of a year's supply uh, or however many coupons you have enough for. Uh, another one, you know, if you have kids in school, there's ridiculous savings you can get on back-to-school sales. Uh, if, you're, if you're not brand loyal, you can save more. So if you don't care whether you brush your teeth with Crest or Colgate, then you can stock up on whichever one ends up having the best deal. Um, and also, if you live close to the big stores, so, you know, if you live in a suburban area where you've got a couple Walmarts nearby, you've got a Target, a couple different grocery stores, um, then you can really uh, take advantage of a lot of the different deals at all the different stores. Cause, so normally you'll find that when you're extreme couponing, you'll shop at more stores. We used to shop mostly at Walmart because it was um, the cheapest without using coupons. But it turns out, you know, they don't have very many big sales and uh, they don't have Walmart coupons very often. So now we actually don't shop at Walmart very often. We find ourselves shopping more at the Walgreens, the Target, and the local grocery stores. Um, even the Kmart ends up having better deals uh, than the Walmart uh, so, so, so it's also you can save more money if you're willing to shop at more stores, and if you live near enough to them that that makes sense. You don't want to drive 50 miles to get you know a deal on toothpaste because you're going to end up spending a lot more on gas. Yeah, it makes sense because I mean it's a lot. Of, I think a lot of what you guys do has to do with knowing which store to use for which opportunity, and some stores just have great opportunities without coupons. I know that I haven't seen it since we moved here. My wife's actually sitting in on this interview. But I remember back in Arlington, the Kroger there once a year used to do that meat madness thing. And like it was like every meat product in the place 
cut in half from the regular price. And we would just, you know, the chest freezer was getting to work out when that happened. So you probably do have to kind of look at it more of knowing your different stores, different store policies and things like that. Yeah, definitely. And also the seasonality of knowing when to buy. Uh, like you said, if you know your store is going to have a big meat sale a certain time of the year, you're not going to buy a bunch of meat before then. Same thing happens, especially with uh, back-to-school sales. You know, I don't think we'll ever buy paper or pens outside of the summer, probably for the rest of our lives, because the the price that you can get during the summertime is just insane. You know, we get all of our paper, approximately about a year's supply of paper we got this summer for free after rebate. And, um, you know, we get our ink. We, we actually make money when we buy ink for our printer, things like that. Sure. So, um, yeah, so knowing the seasonality and definitely knowing your stores. Uh, my wife's actually uh, a little better than I am, but she doesn't uh, um, like to talk on the radio, so she's not. Oh, ready. I got you. But, uh, but uh, yeah, she digs into it a little bit deeper than I do. She gets a sense, you know, she'll tell me one day, you know, I think next week we're probably going to get a good deal on this. And, and, uh, and I ask her why. She's like, well, it's been about the amount of time that it usually pops up. And, you know, usually it will pop up and one of the stores will have a sale on that item. Um, I wow. don't know exactly how she does it, but she's aware of, I guess, this, the cyclical nature of when these deals pop up. I think if you pay attention to anything, eventually you kind of get your, your, your finger on the pulse of it, you know. I do that with the economy. Other people do it with the seasonality of temperatures. I mean, I think it's just because she does it all the time. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, let's see. A few of the things that I guess people don't always know. Um, the manufacturer coupons, you get them from the newspaper. You can, you know, if you, if you get a really good deal or you see a really good coupon, you can get extra copies of the newspaper or just ask your neighbors. Um, ask them, you know, if you don't coupon, you want to just save your coupon inserts and, and we'll come by and grab them at some point. Uh, that's a good way to get extra coupons. Another thing is a lot of them are printed on the Internet nowadays. And most of the Internet uh, coupons, they'll have uh, they'll let you print twice. Um, so two copies of each uh, coupon, but you can do it from each computer. So if you have multiple computers, you know, you can get um, more coupons that way. Um what else? Oh, do you, the Catalina is a term for the little printer that prints coupons at the end of your uh, checkout at the register. And okay, I, yeah. always, I always thought that that little printer would print out random coupons. Um, but it turns out that there's certain, there's certain items that are programmed into it that if you buy these items, then every time it'll print a certain coupon for you. And a lot of times those are just a coupon that says $4 off your next order or $2 off your next order. So a lot of times, uh, if you can get a coupon deal and a sale at the same time that one of those prints out, you might end up buying the thing for free, and then you also get a $2 coupon off your next order. Um, and, and tracking all that is nearly impossible, but there's many websites that uh, track it for you full time. So you can just go there, and they'll let you know, oh, yeah, buy this item and that item between these days and grab this coupon that was in the September 14th, uh, insert in the newspaper and it, or it'll have a link to the website where to print off the coupon. So, uh, you don't have to actually figure out everything yourself. The, the websites, uh, just make it much, much easier. That makes a lot of sense. Um, are there any other sources that maybe are overlooked? 
Let's see. There's there's in-store coupons sometimes that just kind of sit on the sit on the table there for you to pick up. Uh, you can grab those. Sometimes those are usually uh, from the store, like from the Target or from Kmart, and then you can use those combined with your manufacturer coupon. Uh, there's also rebates to keep track of. A lot of the office supply stores like to do rebates where you buy a ream of paper for $2 and you fill in a form online and then they'll mail you a $2 check, so you end up free after that. Uh, there, there's also a deal that you can get on ink where uh, if you get a printer that has a pretty simple ink cartridge like uh, some of the brother uh, printers, then you can get a third-party ink uh, replacement from it for about a dollar each is what I get for my printer. Uh, and those cartridges, after you're done with them, if you take them to Staples, uh, they'll they'll take they'll buy them off you for two dollars each in store credit. And I specifically asked them. I said, "This is a third party uh, ink cartridge. You know, it's not uh, from Brother or from HP." And they said, "Oh, that's fine. You know, we we take them all for two dollars in store credit." Oh wow! So that's something we could use because that's exp- the ink's expensive. Yeah, the ink's way more than the printer. The only problem with using third party ink is you lose your warranty on your printer. It'll specifically say in the instructions for your printer, if you use any ink but ours, then our warranty is void. But I've never used a printer warranty, and the yeah. ink case costs way more than the printer anyway. So Then they don't know what you put in there anyway. <laughs> I hate no, that's true. that way, but honestly, I mean, did you, you know, did, did, that's all about it. What type of ink did you use? I used your ink. Okay, then fulfill your warranty, because <laughs> that shouldn't void a warranty anyway. That's somebody trying to force you to buy their ink as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, and I think the printers would be more expensive if they weren't trying to be in the ink racket anyway. That's, they're that's, kind of skewing their prices. If you want to find the most expensive ink, you can. Buy the cheapest printer you can find, and it will have the most expensive ink cartridge. Definitely true. Yeah, when you go shopping for a new printer, don't shop based on the price of the printer. Look for the ink. And you look on Amazon to see what third-party ink uh, cartridges they have for what prices. Um, I, my dad actually bought an ink cartridge that um, had expired. The printer, it, he put it in the printer, and the printer said, oh, this this is past its date. I won't print with it. You're <laughs> kidding me. I thought that was insane. Uh, that, now we're getting up, see, that's where they're going too deep into the racket, because that's, yeah. And another time, he tried to refill an ink cartridge, and his printer noticed that that same cartridge, I guess they have unique ID on them, it noticed that that cartridge had been lower and it was full now, and it said that, oh no, this is unacceptable. I won't print with this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I went with uh, when we bought our last printer. We got a brother that has the the lowest tech ink cartridges you can find. There's no electronics on it at all. It's just a plastic shell around some ink. So I, I felt pretty safe with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, you know, and and. Uh, I, I wonder if our machine would do that because it's it's already been a pain in the butt when you're only like we have the the multi ink where you have the you know the the, the magenta and the in the yellow and all and the black separately and um, when like one of the ink cartridges is worn out one of the colors and you try to just replace that one you end up with trouble with that so maybe that's just part of us picking a bad printer <laughs> but. Yeah, uh, on another note, you know, how much time does this take, right? So, like, you guys sell about $1,000 a month. So if you, you know, spend 10 hours on it, that's $100 an hour. And that's 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 pretty daggone good in anybody's book. But if you have to spend, you know, uh, 100 hours to save uh, $1,000, you know, I could go cut grass. So 
does this take a lot of time to do? I think it used to take more time before the uh, websites came up to give you uh, better deals. Um, I'd say we probably spend well, – and you also have to factor in that you're going to go shopping anyway, so it's a matter of how much extra time you spend shopping in this way. You know, we might spend an extra four or five hours a week um, in, uh, you know, shopping at extra stores and uh, clipping coupons, things like that. So, so it does it does take some time. Now, you can do it as uh, extreme or not extreme as you want. If you want to spend an hour a week, all you do is uh, keep your coupon advertisement that you got in the paper on a certain shelf, and every once in a while you check the websites to see, you know, what's the absolute best deal? What are the things that are completely free? And I'll just do those deals, that kind of thing. It also takes less time as time goes on. Uh, you know, the first month we were doing it, we were trying to get great deals on everything that we buy. As a couple months go by, you found super deals on several of the products, and you're no longer interested. Like at this point, we've got over a year's supply of shampoo, and we got it all for free, and we're not that interested in shampoo deals anymore. So we're not going to spend time on that or any of the other items that we've gotten a, a ridiculously large stock of. Yeah, that makes sense. And I imagine just like anything else, you get better at it, so you get faster at it. Exactly, yep. How important is organization to that? You know, because that's that's probably why I've never really enjoyed it, because, like, I, I'm not the organize, organized person, you know. Um, so is that, like, a big part of it? It is. You definitely, you definitely have to be organized, uh, especially – uh, if you're going to bring your kids with you to the store, uh, the, the checkout can get kind of hectic. So, um, so if you've got all your coupons and a specific, you know, paper clip around the ones for this order that you're going to purchase, then it goes a lot smoother. If you're digging around through uh, uh, a pile of coupons trying to find the one at the register, it's going to be a big headache. And then they're not going to want you to come back anymore either. So uh, you definitely want to make it as easy on the stores as you can so that they don't get mad at you. Um, and they can uh, remain more helpful. Um, you know, and the key to being friendly there is sometimes the coupons don't work. Um, and if, if, if you're friendly with them all the time, then they're going to fix it for you. And if not, they're just going to hand you back the coupon and go, ah, it didn't work. So I call that nice dividend. Be nice to people. It pays off. Uh, exactly. It makes me think there was one time my family and I were going on vacation. We were at the Philadelphia airport and we got jerked around. We got to move from one plane to the next to the next. It was like four different planes before we were finally going to get on a plane. And the guy in line in front of us was just being an ass to the to the lady that was trying to help him. And I said to him, I said, hey, buddy, these guys didn't do this. Be nice. And it wasn't even her. It was the other. There was two of them back there. And the guy goes, you know what? I never upgrade anybody. You're getting upgraded. So we got upgraded to first class. And my kid was, how old was he, honey? Probably 12 at the old 11. So he's in first class with his feet swinging on, not reaching the floor because you're nice. So be yeah. nice to people, right? That's great. I love the nice dividend. So yeah, um, it, it definitely works out, especially if you're couponing because, you know, you're going to be going to the same stores, you know, for week after week after week. They get to know you. They recognize you because they remember the person that had 20 coupons. Um, so they're either going to remember you as the person who's annoying or the one who, when he sees something on the floor in the store, picks it up and helps, you know, straighten up or, or keeps everything in order. So even though he has 20 coupons, the, the order goes quickly, you know. Yeah, and is not trying to 
to badger them, trying to make them take a coupon that they really shouldn't have to take. Like, well, it says it's for this, but you don't stock that. Because I've seen that in stores, and I'm just like, you know. And they're usually not the extreme people. They're usually the people that you just like, you know what, here's a quarter and leave the guy alone. <laughs> you know? I, I've seen that. Yeah, exactly. It's like this this person's, you know, just trying to make a living wage, running a cash register. Don't Don't beat them up. Right. And the other thing is if – if you're getting sketchy on your deal, like, you know, it's right on the edge of whether or not you should do it, you know, you might want to back off because if they get if they catch you once trying to do something that they feel was sketchy, then they're always going to have an eye out on, on you, and, and it's going to slow you down. Fool me once, shame on me, you know. Yep, definitely. <laughs> fool me twice, shame on you. Or fool me once, shame on, on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Absolutely. Um, anyway, um, so do you enjoy doing this? I mean, can this be fun? You know, for some people, I think it sounds like a lot of work, but it seems like the folks that do it, I guess, as you get good at it, you really start to enjoy it. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I think it's fun to, you know, try and figure out the best deal. It's it's uh, it's almost like a game trying to figure out, OK, I've got to do this stuff anyway. You know, we're going to need we're going to need uh, school supplies for the kids. But yeah, I feel a lot happier about going to get the kids school supplies if, you know, most of the stuff I buy costs a penny instead of, you know, spending hundreds of dollars across all my kids every year. Yeah, you brought up a good point with that one earlier, and we kind of glossed over it, but the seasonality of things. Like, so I think everybody thinks about, you know, July and August as you start stocking up for all the stuff that the kids are going to need to go back to school, and you get what I call the scam list. That's the list that your school provides of supplies that your kids need to have, and like half of them they're not going to use. Um, And so you you get sent there to buy all this stuff. But if you need notebooks, pens, paper, pencil for your house, there's no difference between the stuff you send off your kids to use and the stuff that you would keep at home. So I think especially a lot of parents like myself that our kids are up and grown – we kind of miss that opportunity because we don't think about it. Like that's when you know that's when we should stock up on all of that material that we need for our office and for our home. Absolutely. Uh, if you look at uh, the office supply stores, tend to have the best deals uh, around the around the back to school sales, and they start way earlier in the summer than I expected. I think it was uh, in June that the first sales were popping up. Um, and you know you don't want to go out and grab everything all at once. You just get the things that are a penny or that are free after rebate and that kind of thing. But we were able to get you know free filler paper, pencils, pens, rulers, erasers, uh, tissues, crayons, markers, protractors, pencil boxes, glue, highlighters, folders, pretty much any anything that an office supply store is going to sell that a kid or a high school or a college student could use. Uh, it's going to be on sale at one of those stores somewhere in those two months before uh, school starts. And there's no reason why everybody who's not in school shouldn't stock up on that stuff if they use it in their daily life. You know, the thing that I use all the time that wears out quick, and I don't know if I've ever seen them on sale there, but I'll check next time around, are freaking dry erase markers. Um, You know, I throw one across the room a a week at least. It's because I do all my work up and outlines and all on whiteboards. Um, but that's, you know, that's just another example of a disposable thing that really, as long as you don't open it, stores forever. And if you can find it, you can find it. And, and maybe a lot of uh, people with small businesses can take a huge page from that little tip alone here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, dry erase markers, uh, this past summer we found, I think it was 25 cents for a four pack of the oh. different colors. So, you know, yeah, we stocked up. <laughs> I, I would have bought a ton of them. I'd have my, uh, my little cabinet here full of them for that. 
The other thing I use for um, uh, just labeling things around the house for storage is uh, Sharpie markers. And we found Sharpie markers, a 12-pack of them for a dollar. And we stocked up on those because that's, you know, a way better deal than we normally get on Sharpies. And we use that all the time for everything. Absolutely. So does it matter, like, is there any geographic considerations here with where you live? Like, you know, will people get a better deal in certain areas than other areas? There's de- they're definitely not uniform across the country. Uh, you might find uh, one of the websites says, here's the price at my store and here's what the coupon did, and your price might be different by 20 or 30 cents um, than what they got. And uh, we, we initially thought it was like, you know, in the rural places things would be cheaper or more expensive, but we haven't seen much of a pattern. Sometimes our deals uh, here, our, our prices here are a little bit higher than – what they're seeing on the websites, and sometimes they're a little bit lower. So I think it's just, uh, as far as I can tell, it's somewhat random. I, I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about something else you, you let me know about when you sent us our stuff for your interview. Um, you're a, a father of uh, four four kids, right? What do you, What's the, uh, the, the boy-girl ratio there? Uh, so I've got three boys and uh, one daughter. We've got a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 6-year-old. Where's, where's the girl in the mix? She's uh, seven, so she's second to last there. Like, so she got two older brothers and one younger brother. Yep. Uh, God pity the the boys in in high school with her then, and that's probably a good thing from your perspective. Definitely. But, but having that many, you know, we had one right, so four is like I remember the old the old joke. I think it was Bill Cosby that came up with it that you're not really a parent if you have one kid. Because there's there's so many things you don't have to deal with. Like when something's broke, you know who did it. Exactly. Like you don't have to deal with. Stop looking at me. Stop touching me. And if there are two kids in the house and they're fighting, one's not yours, so you send them home. And and so you've had to deal with it times you know times four. And and it's given you some insight, and you've kind of taken up like a a new thing, and you've started to write uh, children's books, right? Uh, Yeah, I started uh, to write children's books, trying to. teach kids sort of uh, conservative uh, values using uh, nature as examples. So, uh, you know, my first book was about uh, a kid learning to ride a bike and, uh, you know, teaching them not to give up and that you're going to fail several times along the way before you uh, succeed. And, um, you know, basically just trying to teach them those life lessons and, and with examples. The second book is more about um, – uh, standing up for yourself and uh, finding peace through strength, as I guess uh, Reagan would put it, uh, when the family got attacked by a bunch of uh, geese at a family picnic and just learning that the geese will leave you alone if you stand up and yell at them. You know, but if if you kind of cower, the geese will keep going after you. Okay, um, cool. What, what, is it just being a father that kind of led you down that path, or was there something else that – like, did you maybe not find what you were looking for for your own children and thought other people might be in the same boat? Or Yeah, um, it actually started one day when we were having a picnic and a bunch of geese attacked our picnic. Um, so uh, I was trying to so you really to my kids. Back, right? Yeah, this happened to us. And so we decided I was trying to explain to my kids, you know, here's how you deal with this. And, um, yeah, I've noticed that in a lot of the children's books, the, the overall lesson isn't necessarily the lesson that I want to teach them. Um, and there, especially since the Tea Party got started, I guess there's been more people uh, writing sort of conservative or libertarian themes uh, for kids. But uh, that was something that I was 
starting to come up with any way to try and teach my kids uh, to make them think about things. Uh, you know, my, my son actually uh, told me this past week that uh, my 10 year old, he wrote a letter to his uh, principal. And I guess a bunch of the kids in his class wrote letters to the principal trying to tell them that they're having a big fundraiser and they don't like that the same kids every year keep winning the prizes at the fundraiser because it's always the same kids who raise the most money. And they think that once you raise the most money and get the prize once, you shouldn't be able to win the next year or the year after. And, you know, I I heard him tell me that and I just slammed my hand against my face and I'm like, no. Yeah, it's kind of a facepalm moment. And yeah. like, are you listening to anything that I'm telling you? You know, exactly. And yeah. that's that's interesting that kid. You know, and I I say it's the, the the educational system that is trying to create this everybody equal mentality, and I just think it's foolish. And I don't want to go off into a political bent or anything, but when it comes to kids, like there's a reason that some kids make the football team and some don't. And many of the kids that could make the football team might not be able to make the basketball team. And there's a reason some kids go off to the, you know, the spelling Olympics or you represent their school in the science fair. And it's because everybody has different talents and different levels uh, of capability. And this desire to homogenize everything results in that. Well, they won already. Well, yeah. And they'll do really well again because they liked winning and they'll want to win again. Yeah, yeah, we had that conversation a couple times in the past week trying to make sure I uh, get that into his head, talking about the things that he's won. You know, he won the same award in a completely different area two years in a row, and I kept talking to him about, you know, do you think you shouldn't have been able to win the next year? And he's like, oh, no, 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 I I definitely, I earned that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the great thing about kids. they, They don't resist it when you make it personal. Like when you talk to a lot of adults that have latched on to some kind of a, of a, a, a policy like that in the, in the bigger world, you know, they, 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 they just try to go, well, that's not related or whatever. When you tell a kid, you put it personal to a kid, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I get it. And I think that's, you know, I think a lot of times kids are smarter than adults. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're at least willing to learn still. Um, I'm sure in a couple of years here, my kids will get to the point where they don't want to learn anything from me. Oh, uh, they'll get right to, now. They trust no, me. Not, <laughs> dude, trust me. You won't know anything and they'll know everything. And then about two or three years after they're on their own, they'll come back and go, remember when you were trying to teach me how to do X, Y, Z and I didn't want to learn. And you'll go, huh? And you go, well, I should have listened and I want to know how to do that now. Uh, <laughs> that'll be nice. <laughs> we're dealing with that with with my own son now. I always told him how important learning to cook was, and uh, he just had no interest. And he spent the last two years on his own, pretty much eating, you know, fast food and out to eat and, and and stuff that goes out of the microwave. And now he wants me to come down just to teach him how to cook. And yeah, those, those ramen noodles get old. Out single, I told you so. You know, I mean, that's you don't mess that up. <laughs> no. But you're going to make um, your first book available in a PDF for the audience, right? Absolutely, yep. I uh, decided I wanted to get it out there and let people just enjoy it. Uh, if, if you want a hard copy, you know, it's available on Amazon or, or whatnot. But, uh, you know, share it with the kids if you like the story, if you want uh, your kids to uh, learn a lesson from it, you know. It's yours. Well, Corey, very cool, man. Um, two great subjects, a little bit on the on the kids' stuff and uh, a whole bunch of great information on the couponing. And I, I really appreciate you being with us today, and I really appreciate you making that book available. Sure. Yeah, no, I really enjoy your podcast. 
it's a uh, bright moment in my week when I get some time to listen to a couple of your shows. So I'm happy to share back with the audience. You know, and thanks for taking the, the time and the effort to do something like, you know, coming up with some new children's books because I think there's a huge market for it out there. I know of a couple different people doing it in this vein, and I think it's going to be a matter of if anybody wants to make it big, you know, and be the next Dr. Zeus or whatever, uh, you know, putting enough effort into it. But I think if everybody does a little bit, we start to create an environment where there's more of that available and you know who knows where it leads so so thanks for making that effort as well and and thanks for making the book available sure and with that folks uh this has been jack spirito today along with Corey pa helping you figure out how to learn live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't seeing our food these days you know it's on our tvs sometimes we forget Are what we eat I don't know the answer It's like there's nothing I can do It's the price we pay, I guess And we follow all the rules There's a better way to do this Let me show you a better way Revolution is